0: I love the fact that in our church we can have that time of shaking hands, and you know even before our service and after the service, you hear the chatter and the fellowship going on. It's just so warmy and welcoming in our church, and I love that. That's a wonderful thing in our our body. Um, I'm just going to pray again before we uh, we continue. Father, thank you for the opportunity to share Your Word, and you know this morning I. I've been feeling tongue tied and I just pray that your word would go out clearly and effectively and anything that's of you would stick like glue and everything that's not of you would fade away. God we just thank you um that we have your word to share and to hear and we just um pray it would transform lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. First Corinthians Chapter 13, verse 13. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. We've started a short series on the the essential Christian attitudes, faith, hope, and love. Last week, Pastor Al covered faith. When you think of what is essential, what comes to mind? There's a whole list of for some people the essential things that we need. During Sunday school, we were talking, we were watching a video, they were talking about what do you pack when you go on a trip? How much do you pack? What are the essentials that you need to get by? Some people for a weekend, if my my daughters were here, they would go for a weekend and they would have two two large suitcases. Others would have a, a small little duffel bag. It just depends on what you think you need. Some people would say, well, what if I get invited to a black tie gala event? You know, you never know. It might happen. But what are the essentials that you need? For Mark, it might be a snowboard, right? Because he always wants to be ready to hit the hill. But it's what are the essentials that you, we need? And this series is designed to think about these are essentials in our life. Faith, hope, and love. Each of these is so important. Today we're going to cover hope. Everyone needs hope. But what is hope? Without an understanding of what hope is, can hope mean anything to us? Will it make a difference in our lives if we don't understand You know, I can remember at a, a young age, having a, my birthday cake with a number of candles on it. I can probably remember back to maybe six or seven years old and my birthday cake would have the number of candles on it that the age I was turning. You know, you guys can probably think of that. You guys think of your birthday cakes that you've had that you have like 10, 12, 13, 14 candles on. your. You get excited you, all these days. say, okay, make a wish. And that was what I was told. I was told to make a wish and if I could blow all the candles, that wish would come true. And it was a hope. I would hoped these, this would come true. I hoped that I would get the, this wish. And I would wish for a variety of things, you know, different toys and or a trip or something like that. And I sometimes it happened. Sometimes I didn't. I would want certain birthday gifts. And, you know, usually one of those birthday gifts that I had given on a list, it would generally come true so I kind of it all worked out but it it was a a wish it wasn't I hoped for it but it wasn't a a for sure thing it was a I hope I get this it wasn't there was no certainty involved in it all and you know through through life um through my life and I'm sure yours there's been numerous times where I've hoped for things Oh, I hope the weather is good today Oh, I hope I can get a new bike. Oh, I hope I can afford a a vacation this year. Hope is not wishful thinking. Hope, The hope that God gives, gives us a foundation and allows us to stand strong. We are given a hope that will not disappoint. Psalm 42, verse 5. Why are you, uh, why are you downcast, O oh my soul? Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. Psalm 42, 5. Do you hear wishful thinking in this verse? The author of this psalm is discouraged, but then he says to himself, Put your hope in the one who will not fail you. It's not just positive self-talk. Oh, let's get ourselves together and out of this mess. No. It's it's not wishing that he wasn't feeling that way the way he was presently. Rather, he's reminding himself of the one who gives hope that does not disappoint. And so that's what I'd like to look at today. A hope that does not disappoint. First let's look at the nature how the nature of God gives us hope. Psalm one forty five verse seventeen. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and loving in all he does. It's a really simple verse. You know, when I speak to Christian young people today, again and again, I remind them the importance of spending time in the Word of God. Not to just have knowledge, but to know the God of the universe. To know who He is and have a correct understanding of Him. Can you go to the next slide there? Oh, I missed you on the slide. Interesting. Uh, A.W. Tozer goes as far as saying that the first thing you think about when you think about God is the most important thing about you. Now, he's saying that because it's so important to have a correct view of God. This will shape, shape our life and what our foundation is. In Psalm 145, it tells us that God is righteous and loving. These are traits that we can... They can give us confidence in putting our hope in him. His righteousness, <clears throat> me, his righteousness shows he's pure and unchanging. The fact that he is loving reveals that he has our best interests at heart. Sometimes we go, oh God, why is this happening? But he's got such a bigger picture than what we see, this limited view of what's happening right now. It's interesting that sometimes we get so caught up in our our, our li- limited moment and what we can see. And yet, God's got a huge, grand picture that He knows what's going on in our life. And even the turmoil and the strife that we are facing, He can see a bigger picture that's working out a tapestry, as it were, that's going to be better than we could even imagine of what this limited, the limited things that we know are happening right now. Hebrews six verses sixteen to nineteen. Men swear by someone greater than themselves, and the oath in <clears throat> the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what he had promised. Next slide. He confirmed it with an oath. God did not did this so that by two unchanging things in which it is impossible for God to lie we have we who have fled to take hold of the hope offered to us by many be greatly encouraged we have the, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul firm and secure God is unchanging we know what he is like, and he won't change from that. It's so important to know that foundation, that anchor that's not going to move for us. And we know we know his character won't change. We've seen what he's done in the past, and that character that he's done, it will not change. And God cannot lie. He won't lie, and he can't lie. It's just impossible. Therefore, we can trust all that he says and do, does. These characteristics of God give us hope they carry a, carries a certainty with it, Titus chapter one, verses one to two Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ for the faith of God's elect and the knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness. A faith and a knowledge resting on the hope of the eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time. Paul shares of the hope of eternal life, Again, it's not wishful thinking, oh, I hope I get to heaven. But it's a certainty shared by God who does not lie. And this eternal life is promised to everyone who has put their trust in Jesus. What a promise. The second thing that we'll look at is how the empty tomb gives us hope. Jesus died to pay for our sins. But we know from as we went through Easter, that's not the end of the story. Far from over. Jesus rose again from the dead. First Peter one three. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's amazing. It would be amazing if we just had our sins forgiven. But Jesus didn't stay dead. He had victory over the death over death. that he would raise us as well. 1 Thessalonians 4, uh, verses 13 to 15. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who who sleep in death so that you may not, you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. So we believe, and so we believe that God will bring Jesus, we will, God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's Word, we tell you that that we, who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not perceive those who have fallen asleep. Those who don't know jesus, they don't have the hope of the resurrection that that hope that we have as believers, and this hope is because Jesus. Rose he is no longer in the grave you couldn't can't find his bones anywhere. The tomb is empty Third, we await the blessed hope Titus two verses thirteen while we wait for the blessed hope the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'll read that again. While we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, the word hope, in the Greek, if you can look at it in different languages and stuff, but the original Greek, um, it had, carries this idea of being trustworthy. This this waiting for the re, for the return of Christ is worth it. It worth we can trust it's going to happen. It's not. I hope it's going to happen, but it will happen. In First Thessalonians chapter four, it, we read, "For the Lord himself will come down from heaven, with a loud command." with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. What a glorious... Rapture—the glorious thought that this is going to be when we are called up for God. The Lord will return again, and we can have that hope. You know, it, sometimes I think, as John did in, in at the end of Revelation, John, the Apostle John, had waited so long. It had been many many years since he'd seen Jesus, and he had a, the vision of Revelation. And he he says that then, and he says, even so, Lord, come quickly. It's been so long, and his mind has been so long since he's seen him. And for us today, we didn't even get to walk with the Lord. And there's days where we're like, come quickly, Lord Jesus. And it's not, I hope he comes. He will come again. And we can have that confidence that he will come again. Fourth, hope lives in the spirit in the spirit filled heart Romans chapter five, verse five And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. When Jesus left this earth, He didn't leave us alone. He sent the Holy Spirit to be, indwell us. God's given us His Holy Spirit to reside in us. Living hope fills us. If only we would hold fast to that. For some of us, our situations cloud our everyday walk, and we forget about that hope that's in us. We lose the confidence of the hope that He, is, that he lives in us that if we would stop and pause and spend time talking to God rather than focusing on the circumstances. In Romans 15, verse 13, verse 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all with all joy and peace as you trust him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God is a God of hope. Hope in the darkest of situations. You think about the as their Jesus was crucified, his disciples forgot all the promises that Jesus had made. The hope was not lost. He would rise again. Hope changes our lives as we trust in God. His spirit gives us an abundance of hope as we trust him. And that hope leads to joy and peace beyond our human understanding. And finally, Hope through hope we endure. Now, one of the things this sermon—I—I I forgot to acknowledge at the beginning of the sermon—is that Pastor Al really helped me put together this this week's sermon and next week's sermon. And um, really, what would a sermon from Pastor Al be without a history lesson? Um. Pastor Al's history lessons each week are phenomenal. I always enjoy the, the history that he, he knows, and I'm just so appreciative of his knowledge. And so, Pastor Al shared with me uh, about the Endurance Expedition. The Endurance Expedition was a two year expedition, <clears throat> an expedition led by Ernest Shackleton to the South Pole. Now, the South Pole had already been, they'd already made an expedition to the South Pole, so this wasn't to get to the South Pole, but rather tr- tra- from, to travel from sea to sea through the South Pole. Now that seems like a pretty crazy expedition, especially in 1914. And the fact that they have these incredible photos from 1914, I just I'm blown away by the photography at that time. Uh, Shackleton was a bold and experienced explorer. He had explored all sorts of places in the world and the crew he he led he led with confidence they they, they believed that he, they would follow him anywhere and he they the crew loved him they had fun with him and they were they were willing to do whatever he called for them even in the most dangerous of voyages he inspired hope the crew though you know what the crew didn't realize how much hope they would actually need for this voyage this voyage would be severely underfunded, a severely underfunded expedition, unlike anything that Shackleton had ever would have taken before. The Endurance, um, just even before they could even get to the South Pole, which they would never actually reach, the Endurance faced a variety of storms and um, became trapped in the ice. And the Endurance, it was a sailing and a uh, steam power vessel. And it was incredibly strong. Like it had a three-foot thick hull. I mean, that seems a little bit overkill. But when I guess you're going to deal with ice, you know that you need that super thick hull. But it, the ship would eventually be trapped in the ice, and they could go no f- farther. At points, they the, they thought, well, they'll just wait wait for the ice to break, and it never did. And then they would the crew actually got out and tried to chip out Uh, a passageway for the the ship to go and they, they kind of backed it up and they tried to plow forward and nothing. They couldn't budge. Eventually, the ice would crush the hull and they had to abandon ship. And they took everything they could and it left the crew stranded on the ice. That ice would eventually Break apart, and they had to float on chunks of ice that eventually drifted to land where they were could kind of survive. They weren't worried about them flipping over, um, flipping off this this ice. They had solid land to be on, but they had no contact with the the outside world. They just couldn't radio up their their friends or pull up their cell phone and say, "Hey, can you come give us a ride? We're kind of stuck here." They were, they were stuck there. Rations ran low, and with this in mind, Shackleton made the decision to take the dangerous voyage in a lifeboat across the open waters to go for help. He took a few of his crew to, to help, and he knew what must be done to, to save his crew. There were a total of 28 people on this crew, 28 and he they pushed on in hope that he would return. I can't even imagine what was going through their minds at the time. You know, Shackleton, he left and he faced incredible adversary like the uh in the next I don't show the next photo yet, but there's a there's a photo in the next slide that shows um his crew uh waving to him as they're leaving. And they kind of just stood there apparently until he was out of sight, and then waves started coming, and, and they couldn't see him anymore. But they just had this certainty that he was going to return for them. Shackleton would eventually get to a, an island that had an abandoned whaling station on it, but he couldn't get the, the side that they came on. He couldn't; they couldn't get to the other side, and so he had to climb over mountains. And he was not a mountaineer at all. And so the the stories in the journals say it, just crazy stories of them climbing over this mountain. And at one point, they're at the top of a cliff and they can't. There's no way to really get down. And they just wrap themselves in rope and just roll down. And just to, the rope just to protect them as they're falling. They're just like bumped and and scraped up. And and eventually, he made his way to the the whaling station and was able to call for help. Four months past go to the next slide that that far slide it's that lower slide is that's when they're waving to Shackleton four months had go, goes by and Shackleton is finally able to come back for his crew not one of his crew had perished they had hoped that Shackleton would return and that hope kept them going. I don't know if you can imagine being in that situation, uh, waiting there. You know, some of them may have been doubting, going, I don't think he's doing it. It's been, you know, it's been a month. I don't see how he can, uh, he probably, the, the sea probably took him, most, and we'll never see him again. And others were saying, no, we can believe in our captain. He will return for us. And that lifted their spirits. I can't even imagine what that would have been like. But they kept on saying, he will be back for us. And that gave them hope. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. We always thank God for all of you, mentioning you in our prayers we continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith through your labor, promoted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Pushing on, we have endurance. We push on because of the hope we have in Jesus. Just as the endurance, as with the endurance, there may have been some, some who struggled with their circumstances. They could have felt hopeless. There may be some in the congregation today who find themselves in that, that hopelessness because of the struggles they face and begin to lose focus of what, what can be done. Maybe you can be the one who comes alongside them and encourages them and reminds them of the hope we have so they can endure through to the end. I want to remind all of us, don't lose hope. Hope allows us to endure through the toughest of trials. Today, my desire for all of us is my desire to encourage you with hope. A hope that will not disappoint. As you go out today, be a people of hope. And spread that hope to everyone you encounter. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you give us hope. Thank you that you, your love and your faithfulness and your joy never fail. God, we pray that for those who are struggling today and don't understand what's next, God, I pray that they would see you clearly, and they would hold fast to you. God, thank you for who you are. I you that you're unchanging. I pray that my friends here would go out and be encouraged by you. I pray that you'd use them to encourage the world around them. We just commit them to you in Jesus' name. Amen.